Lonely Monk Productions. I don't know if y'all have heard Are You Gonna Run by Low Cut Connie yet, but yo. That's my joy. joy. What's good, friends and family, neighbors near and far? Welcome to an all-new episode of the Yo, That's My John podcast. The podcast, website, brand, movement, way of life dedicated to the embrace and championing of your passions. I am your host, Nate Runkle, a.k.a. Johnny Come Storyteller, a.k.a. Nate 3.0, back at it again with yet another episode of the podcast. As always, I hope this podcast finds you all in good health and in good spirits. On today's episode, I am joined by, well, no one. It's just little old me today. This is releasing on May 1st, and that means tomorrow, the 2nd, is my birthday. <laughs> Let us bask in the cleverness of me. No, like I said in the last episode, I have a very stacked week this week. So I just wanted to drop in here and chat a bit about my risk appearance and, you know, give you a little background on how it came to be, how it went, and that sort of thing. But before we dig into that, If you have not done so already, please be sure to visit www.yothatsmyjohn.com and sign on up for the mailing list. Of course, follow us on the socials at Yo That's My John as well. I do believe that with this episode, we are going to be returning to our every other week release schedule. So unless something pops up that is required to be expedited to hit a release date or a specific show or something like that, you will get this episode. And then the very next one is scheduled to drop on May 15th. But the best way to stay on top of all of this is to follow the socials at Yo That's My John and sign up for the mailing list on www.yothatsmyjohn.com. All right. So this past Thursday was the big risk storytelling show at Caveat in New York City that I've been promoting for quite some time now. And guys, it went incredible. So I thought it would be neat to discuss what all brought me to that moment that I walked through the curtains to take the stage and share such an incredibly personal story. While I was in high school, okay, I was a fan of Black Flag and the Rollins Band. But more importantly, I was a fan of Henry Rollins. And what solidified that for me was the 1990 spoken word release, Live at McCabe's. I had never heard anything like it. You know, it wasn't spoken word as I had known it to be. You know, that kind of beat poetry where people add inflections to words that aren't natural and they sometimes pause... At times, when pauses aren't necessary. Yeah, that that kind of thing. It wasn't that. But it was still crafted. You know, words were mapped and placed intentionally and used purposefully. It was storytelling as an art form. It had, like, the energy of stand-up, but it wasn't just about jokes, even if it could be incredibly funny. Now, obviously, Henry Rollins did not invent the art of storytelling, but this was my first time experiencing it in a way that woke something up in me. I've always wanted to be on stage. Always. I loved acting. I loved singing. I loved playing music. But this, this felt like a completely new avenue to explore to scratch that lifelong itch of all eyes on me, let me entertain you or die trying. 
I listened to it over and over and over, and I sought out all of Henry's other spoken word discs, and I poured over those. You know, I became more of a fan of Henry Rollins' The Raconteur than I was of Henry Rollins' Musician. And then shortly after this, I saw Clerks for the first time. I remember sitting at my friend Keith's house wanting to watch Menace to Society again for, I don't know, the 10 millionth time, and my buddy Joe bringing over this VHS tape that he rented of some independent movie that his brother saw in the theater in its limited release, and he said we were going to love it. And I'm going to be 100% honest here, we did not even give it a chance. Get that shit out of here, man. I want to watch O-Dog. But eventually, we acquiesced. And I realized just how stupid I was to delay watching what was about to be the film that would forever change my life. I sat in awe watching Randall and Dante talk about Star Wars while they worked a shit job and kept themselves sane by mocking the customers on the other side of the register. And I became obsessed with it. I wanted to know more, not just about the film, but the guy who made it. And so I started reading about this guy, Kevin Smith, and how he made this film by selling his comic book collection and maxing out his credit cards. And it was like, holy shit, this dude is one of us. And it felt like seeing one of our own make it. So come to find out this guy has something called a, a message board or something on this new thing called the Internet. And he like chats with people on it and answers questions. And so I start hanging out on this board. But then he starts putting on screenings and events for board members and I start going to them. And then the magic of the events wasn't getting to see the films on the big screen. No, the main draw became the Q&As and the behind-the-scenes stories that he would give before and after the films. And this, too, became his favorite part of these things as well. So he found his way to the college circuit just telling stories. And that birthed 2002's An Evening with Kevin Smith, a two-DVD collection of Kevin telling stories that exposed to the world his gift of weaving a tale. And here, yet again, I saw something that I longed to do. Stand on stage and share the stories of the places I've been and the things I've seen. You know, it wasn't too long after that that podcasting came on the scene. Kevin, of course, was an early adapter, along with Mark Marin and a whole host of other creators and creatives that I followed. It probably doesn't come as a shock, but I was an early podcast listener. Shows like Smodcast and WTF, obviously, but also recap and rebroadcast shows like Countdown with Keith Oberman and This American Life. They kept me entertained on the train or while I was working my day job. I even started my own show with my pals Ryan and Randy called the BFF's OMG LOL Good Ass Podcast. And guys, don't Google that. You won't find any. <laughs> but I loved podcasting. I loved it as a space where people could talk and have these longer conversations, unlike the short blips found on the talk show circuits or the panel shows and stuff. And it was around this time that I randomly got this Facebook friend request from Kevin Allison. I mentioned it on here before when he came on the show, but I was obsessed with MTV's The State, which, of course, he was part of. So when that friend request came through, I thought, there is no fucking way this is real. But, you know, of course, I accepted it and come to find out it was real. And he was starting a new podcast. It was called Risk, and it was going to be a storytelling podcast where he and others told stories that people wouldn't normally share in public. 
And here it was, the melding of two things I loved, storytelling and podcasting. And so I was immediately hooked. I devoured episode after episode, and I went to see the show live when it came to Philly as part of the First Person Arts Festival in 2013. And all I kept thinking was, someday, man, someday I would love to be a part of this. Flash forward to this past December, and Kevin posts on his Facebook page that Risk is coming back to Philly on March 2nd, and they're taking submissions to be on the show at World Cafe Live. And so I think to myself, here's your chance, man. Put up or shut up. And so I start kicking around some ideas, but everything that came to mind, like the time I almost found myself as an accessory to a crime I didn't even know had been committed, or that time in high school when we were exploring an abandoned animal research center and we were met by a police force with guns drawn thinking we were the pagans returning to a meth lab that the cops had broken up earlier, all that, I don't know, all that felt like low stakes. It all felt safe. None of it felt worthy of being part of a show that I had held in such high regards. So as the pitch deadline approached, I thought, well, I don't know, maybe not this go around. But then I got my results to my 23andMe Health and Ancestry kit, and it sparked off confirmation of something I had been afraid of and I had been avoiding my entire life. And I knew immediately this was something worthy. This was something that meant something. This was something I should pitch to risk. And so within three days of receiving the results and still processing the trauma of it all, I sent in my pitch. And a few days later, I heard back from the show with a note that they were going to pass on the story for inclusion on the Philly show. But would I be interested in being part of one of the live shows in New York City at Caveat? And guys, this kind of legit felt like failing upwards. So of course I accepted. And the date was set, April 27th. Now I just had to refine the story. I was given a story coach, Michelle, who was going to help me through the revisions. And I cannot tell you how much she not only helped me to find the story, but also walked me off the ledge on more than one occasion. You see, I've alluded to it here and there, but I suffer very heavily from imposter syndrome. I have never once felt like I know what I'm doing in anything, nor do I ever truly believe that I have earned anything I have or belong anywhere I have been. And halfway through the process of putting this together, that hit me really hard. There are only two things that kept me from quitting. The love and support of my beautiful fiance Katie, and the help and assistance of Michelle. Without the two of them, Katie by my side believing in me when I couldn't, and Michelle guiding me to find my voice and what I wanted to say, no, what I needed to say, I do not know that I would have been able to do any of that. And so, this past Thursday, I took the stage, and I allowed myself the space to be vulnerable, and like Rollins and the two Kevins who had inspired me throughout the years, I finally achieved my dream of standing on stage alone with a microphone, and I told a story. And it was amazing, and cathartic, and terrifying, and wonderful, and all of that. And people dug it. But for the first time in my life, what brought me the most joy? It wasn't the admiration of strangers. You see, I have long had this craving for the attention of people who don't know me. You know, friends, family. In my head, it was always like, well, these people like me, but they know me. They have to say they dig it. How do I really know if I'm any good unless I can win the attention of someone who doesn't know me? But this time, 
This time I legitimately felt like a winner before I even took to the stage, as I had so many friends and family in my corner. What brought me true happiness and validation happened way before I set a single foot on the stage, and I just felt the love and support of so many people. You know, I owe it to every single person who came out or watched the live stream or commented on or liked a post or any of it. For real, from the bottom of my heart, you all made me feel so incredibly special. Stepping on that stage was literally for you guys. All I wanted to do was to make you proud. So, some thank yous. Like I said, to anyone who reached out and was in my corner, I love you. To those of you who caught the live stream, Sharon and Steve and Heather and Randall, and anyone I may have missed or didn't know that you watched it, I love you. And to those cats who came out to Caveat to be there with me, Allie and Andrew and Erica and Jeff and Joe and Matt and Sean, I love you guys. To the love of my life, Katie, who has not just been in my corner and by my side through all of this, but through life in general, I love you and am the luckiest person alive to have you to share my life with forever and for always. To Henry Rollins and Kevin Smith, who both helped light the way to something that I never knew was possible, thank you. To Michelle for helping me stay the course and find how to say something that has been bottled up inside of me for over 40 years, I thank you. To my fellow storytellers, T. Bernasay, Vicki Cooperman, and Calvin S. Cato, thank you for allowing me to share the stage with such incredible performers. To the entire Risk staff and crew who week in and week out put out an amazing product, not just from an entertainment standpoint, but for giving voice and amplifying so many who are not always afforded a chance to be heard, I thank you. And lastly, and most importantly, thank you to Kevin Allison. I am forever indebted to you for not just giving me a chance to fulfill a dream, but for creating a beautiful, safe space for so many to be vulnerable and be themselves in ways not normally allowed. Not to mention the killer intro you gave me. Holy crap, that was one for the ages. But gang, I did it. I told a story on stage, and it was awesome. I'll let you all know if it becomes available so you can check it out sometimes, because from what I hear, it was pretty good. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to the Yo That's My John podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. And gang, it is never too late to get yourself a super awesome John Scout merit badge for citizenship of the world just by rating and reviewing us. Don't forget to visit www.yothatsmyjohn.com for articles, merchandise, and links to all of the previous episodes of this podcast. And while you are there, please be sure to sign up for our mailing list to get all of the updates delivered straight to your inbox. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yo that's my John for updates and live streams. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at yo that's my John and search yo that's my John on YouTube to find the yo that's my John YouTube channel. Like and subscribe the heck out of that ish. We want to hear from you. Reach out, reach out and touch some John. All right, team. I will see you in a few weeks. Blue skies. Until next time, everybody. Hey, yo, displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure. Your taste in music doesn't have- Yo, That's My John is a Lonely Monk production written and produced by yours truly, Nate Runkle. 
theme song by Phil Tyler Music featuring Nate 3.0. Special thanks to Fox Run Brands, DX Ferris, Andrew Scott, Natalie Runkle, and the incredibly brilliant and wickedly stunning Katie Daubney. If you or anyone you know has any ideas they would like to share or any guests they would like to hear on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at yo that's my john at gmail.com. Or you can leave an audio message for us and possibly hear yourself on a future episode by visiting anchor.fm slash ytmj slash message. Until next time, be sure to displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure and shout to the world, yo, that's my John. <laughs>